This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. Oddly enough, in a video about preachers teaching Sola Scriptura, just what is in the Bible, one of my statements made in the video is yet another Branhamism that does not align with the Scripture. I made the statement that Adam knowingly sinned to save Eve, yet this is not in the Bible. A wonderful Bible-believing lady from my new church caught this and let me know that I had yet another false teaching programmed in my mind. You see, in 1955, William Branham said Adam went with Eve and her wrong. She was wrong. He knowed the wrong. He was innocent, according to William Branham. Branham says, he was innocent, but she was guilty. But Adam said, I'll go with her. Now, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'll let you read the Bible for yourself and see if Adam was innocent or not. But I do want to redo the video, making it scripturally accurate. So here goes. There's a cult website that I sometimes frequent called Two Message Ministers. This site caught my eye with a subject that I was not familiar with, Sola Scriptura. Sola Scriptura is Latin for by Scripture alone. It is the idea that the Bible contains all necessary knowledge for salvation and holiness. This, in fact, was one of my motives to dig deeper. Was William Branham sola scriptura? These two ministers seem to think so. When William Branham preached his sermons, he would often say, let me take this verse as a context. And this strikes me, strikes me as very odd, because a single verse could very easily be taken out of context, not vice versa. I quickly realized, when I learned about sola scriptura, that this was my largest stumbling block in my walk with Christ. I had single verses programmed in my mind rather than the underlying meaning that these verses actually were intended to say by the original writers. Since I myself was lost in the state of confusion about the Bible, I can really only assume that there are others in the same state. So it's time that this website take a turn in its focus. We want to remind the cult followers what Sola Scriptura really is, 
so that they do not remain in a state of confusion by their leader, William Marion Branham. To start things off, I want to discuss two topics, both of which William Branham combines into one single statement. 1961, he says this, I was speaking this, warm, this morning of this woman, immoral woman, washing Jesus' dirty feet, wiping them with her hair. Some of our Pentecostal sisters have to stand on their head nearly to get enough hair to wash the feet. Cut it all off, see? That's right. It used to be wrong for you to do it. It's still wrong for you to do it. The Bible plainly teaches, if a woman cuts her hair, her husband has a right to divorce her. Did I hear this right? William Branham says that the husband has a right to divorce her? He repeats this. He says, he said if she cuts her hair, she dishonors her head, her husband, and a dishonorable woman should not be lived with. And then he says, I better shut up now. I'll get you preachers right here. And then he stops. I wonder what he was about to say about the preachers. Hopefully they were good Bible-believing Christians. So William Branham says, I am only telling you the truth. You're going to face me one day with this at the Day of Judgment. Now that's a very harsh statement. If you really stop and think of what he's saying here, you're going to face me, William Branham, with this at the Day of Judgment. Worse, on this entire subject, William Branham claims that this came as direct voice through him as the mouth of God. He says that this teaching, a woman should be divorced if she cuts her hair, is, thus saith the Lord. Now, stop and think about thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, according to the scriptures, means that this did not come from William Branham. This was Branham speaking and God was speaking directly through him. Thus saith the Lord. So there are two main points that William Branham makes here. Number one, outward things, the hair, can make us immoral. Number two, if a woman is immoral, the husband can divorce her. This statement, William Branham says, came directly from God, and he also says it was stated plainly in the Bible. Now, if it came from the Bible, this would indeed be sola scriptura. <clears throat> I hold in my hand a ring. And this ring has no power over me. I can place it on my ring finger, and I can tell others that I'm married, and this ring signifies marriage. I can also take the same ring and I can place it on my pinky finger and tell others that I'm wealthy and I can use this ring to signify wealth. I have control over this ring. This ring does not make me a sinner. I can sin with this ring on, but the ring does not cause sin. I'd like to examine Ezekiel 16 to see if these two points that William Branham makes is actually sola scriptura. And rather than snip a verse out of context, I want to read the entire chapter because I myself want to remain sola scriptura. This is speaking of the Lord's faithless, remember that, faithless bride. 
Ezekiel writes, God speaking through him, <clears throat> Again the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations, and say, Thus saith the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your origin and your birth are in the land of the Canaanites, your father was an Amorite, and your mother a Hittite. As for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, you were washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. No eye pitied you to do any of these things out of compassion for you, but you were cast out in an open field, you were abhorred on the day that you were born. Now remember, this is God speaking directly to Jerusalem. He, let's continue. And when I passed by you and saw you wallowing in your blood, I said to you in your blood, Live! I said to you in your blood, Live! And I made you flourish like a plant in the field. And you grew up and became tall and arrived at full adornment. Your breasts were formed, your hair had grown, yet you were naked and bare. When I passed by you again, and behold, you were at the age for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered you, covered your nakedness. I made my vow unto you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. Then I bathed you with water and washed off your blood from you and anointed you with oil. I clothed you also and with embroidered cloth shod you with fine leather. I wrapped you in fine linen and covered you with silk, and I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your hand and chains on your neck. And I put a ring on your nose and earrings in your ear and a beautiful crown on your head. Now I want to pause here. Those of you with King James Bibles may not see the part about the nose ring. Why? In this particular instance, the King James translators were not Sola Scriptura. Newer translations, such as the ESV, fix this. If you look at the actual Hebrew scrolls, the word that they use is apek, and it literally transla translates to nostril. Nevertheless, this is God speaking of his bride, and he put earrings in the ears and a nose ring in the nose of his bride. So we have to ask ourselves, when William Branham spoke so harshly against earrings, was this sola scriptura? Like this ring on my finger, the jewelry has very little to do with your salvation, especially jewelry of the ear. This is just a ring and it has no control over us. Let's continue. Ezekiel writes, coming from God, thus you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothing was of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour and honey and oil. You grew exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty, and your renown went forth among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through the splendor that I bestowed on you, declares the Lord God. Now remember, this is God speaking to his bride. God is faithful. His bride is not faithful. And William Branham taught that beauty is of the devil.
Yet we have God giving his bride beauty, giving her earrings, giving her a nose ring. This came from God. Listen to this next part. Speaking of beauty. But you trusted in your beauty, and you played the whore. Because of your renown and lavished your whorings on any passerby, your beauty became his. You took some of your garments and made for yourself colorful shrines, and on them you played the whore. The like has never been seen, nor shall it be. You took your beautiful jewels of gold and my silver, which I had given you, and made for yourself images of men, and with them you played the whore. And you took your embroidered garments to cover them, and set my woe and my incense before them. Also the bread I gave you, I fed you with fine flour and oil and honey, you set them for a pleasing aroma. And so it was, declares the Lord God. You took for your sons and your daughters, whom you had borne to me, and you sacrificed them to be devoured. Were your whorings so small a matter that you slaughtered your children and delivered them to a, f a fire? And in your abominations and your whorings you did not remember the days of your youth, when you were naked and bare and wallowing in your blood. After all your wickedness, there's a pause, and God says, Woe, woe unto you, declares the Lord. You built yourself a vaulted chamber and built yourself a lofty place in every square. At the head of every street you built your lofty place and made your beauty an abomination. Offering yourself to any passerby, multiplying your whorings, you also played the whore with the Egyptians, your lustful neighbors, multiplying your whoring to provoke me, God, to anger. Behold, therefore, I stretched out my hand against you and diminished your allotted portion and delivered you to the greed of your enemies, the daughters of the Philistines who were ashamed of your lewd behavior. You played the whore also with the Assyrians because you were not satisfied. Yes, you played the whore with them, still you were not satisfied. You multiplied your whoring with the trading land of Chaldea, and even with this you were not satisfied. How sick is your heart, declares the Lord God, because you did all of these things, the deeds of a brazen prostitute, building your vaulted chamber at the head of every street, making your lofty place in every square. Yet... You are not like a prostitute because you scorned payment. Adulterous wife who receives as strangers instead of her husband. Men give gifts to all prostitutes, but you gave your gifts to your lovers, bribing them to come to your side with your whorings. So you were different from all other women in your whorings. No one solicited you to play the whore and gave you payment. While no payment was given to you, therefore you were different. Now remember, this is God speaking of his bride, calling her a whore. We know who William Branham said was the whore, the Catholic Church. But this is Ezekiel. And remember, the Catholic Church did not exist. This was God's bride. And God said, 
that this was the greatest whore. There would never be another whore like her. Let's continue. <clears throat> Therefore, O prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because your lust was poured out, and your nakedness was uncovered in your whorings with your lovers, and all your abominable idols, and because of the blood of your children that you gave to them, Therefore, behold, I will gather all your lovers with whom you took pleasure, all of those who you loved, and will gather those you hated. I will gather them against you from every side, and will uncover your nakedness to them, that they might see your nakedness. And I will judge you who commit adultery and shed blood in the way that they are judged. I will bring upon you the blood of wrath and jealousy, and I will give you into their hands and they shall throw down your vaulted chamber and break your lofty places. They will strip you of your clothes and take away your beautiful jewels and leave you naked and bare. They shall bring up a crowd against you and they shall stone you and cut you to pieces with their swords and they shall burn your houses and execute judgments upon you in the sight of many women. I will make you stop playing the whore and you will also give payment no more. I will be calm, and I will be no more angry, because you have not remembered the days of your youth, but you have enraged me, says God, with all of these things. Therefore, behold, I have returned your deeds upon your head, declares the Lord God. Have you not committed lewdness in addition to all your abominations? Now remember, Revelation speaks of the mother of harlots. William Branham called denominations the daughter of the great whore, the daughters of the Catholic Church, taking Freemasonry teachings and claiming them for his own. But let's see what Ezekiel says about the daughters of the bride who has just been called the great whore by God. Behold, everyone who uses Proverbs will use this proverb about you, like mother, like daughter. You are the daughter of your mother who loathed her husband and her children. You are the sister of your sisters who loathed their husbands and their children. Your mother was a Hittite and your father was an Amorite. Your elder sister is Samaria who lived with her daughters to the north of you. And your younger sister who lived to the south of you is Sodom with her daughters. Not only did you walk in their ways and do according to their abominations, within very little time you, God speaking to his bride, you, were more corrupt than they in all your ways. As I live, declares the Lord God, your sister Sodom and her daughters have not done as you and your daughters have done. So we have God talking about his bride, the greatest whore that was and will ever be, and her daughters. He says, Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess food, prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. They were haughty and an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it. But listen to this. Samaria has not committed half of your sins. You have committed more abominations than they have committed and have made your sisters appear righteous by all the abominations that you, God's bride, committed. 
Bear your disgrace, you also, for you have intervened on behalf of your sisters. Because of your sins, God talking to his bride, in which you acted more abominably than they, they are more in the right than you. So be ashamed and bear your disgrace, for you have made your sisters appear righteous. Now think of this. In the message churches, how many give to the members who are needy? And most of you would answer, it's quite often. But let's take it a step farther. How many give in the city to the needy, to the poor? How many give to the state, to the country, to other countries? Have we became like Sodom and Gomorrah? So after reading about God's faithful, unfaithful bride, how dishonorable the bride was, we have to ask ourselves, was William Branham sola scriptura? Does the Bible really say that women should be divorced if they're immoral? Does it say that men should divorce their wives? Did God really speak this through William Branham as thus saith the Lord? Let's find out. Continue reading. <clears throat> I will restore their fortunes, both the fortunes of Sodom and her daughters, and the fortunes of Samaria and her daughters, and I will restore your own, talking to his bride, I will restore your own fortunes in their midst, so that you may bear your disgrace and be ashamed for all that you have done, becoming a consol consolation to them. As for your sister, Sodom and her daughters shall return to their former state. Samaria and her daughters will return to their former state. You and your daughters will return to your former state. So this is God restoring his bride, not casting her aside. Was not your sister Sodom a byword in your mouth in the day of your pride, before your wickedness was uncovered? Now you have became an object of reproach for the daughters of Syria, and for all of those around her, and for the daughters of the Philistines, those all around who despise you, God's bride. God says, you... God's bride, bear the penalty of your lewdness and your abominations, declares the Lord. So we ask you, was William Branham sola scriptura? Or you, have you been led into believing something that is not scriptural? All through the Bible there is one theme, God and his bride. Every story is about God's faithless bride God's fail, unfailing love for her, and how full of forgiveness that God is. Even the very first story, Adam and Eve, is about this subject. According to Paul, Adam was a type of Christ. Is this teaching that men should divorce their wives, sola scriptura? Or is this teaching against the very fibers of the Bible itself? We'll let you decide. <laughs>